Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. The Physics Behind the Magical Parallax Effect Running Your AR Apps by Retta Lane There's something sort of cool in the next version of Apple's iOS. It's called ARKit, and basically it's a part of Apple's developer package to help programmers create awesome augmented reality apps, like maybe a program that adds dancing hot dogs to your screen so that they look like they're there in real life. Or better yet, something useful, like an app that measures distances by just looking at stuff through your phone camera. But how does this work? What magic does Apple use so that your phone can turn a two-dimensional image into something that looks like it's there in real life? Well, the answer is parallax. Let's start with a super simple demo to demonstrate the effect. Here's what you do. Take your arm and hold it out in front of you, with your thumb sticking up. Now, close your left eye and look at your thumb. In particular, look at some object that is past your thumb. Something in the room or something outside, it really doesn't matter. Now, open your left eye and close your right eye. Notice the apparent motion of your thumb with respect to the background objects. It looks as though your thumb is moving. Now, switching your viewing eye back and forth, left, right, left, right. Yeah, cool winky face, dude. But the moving thumb is an example of parallax. It's the apparent motion of an object with respect to background objects when the viewing point moves. The closer the object is to an eye or a camera, the more it appears to move. In the case of your eyes, it's as though your view moves from the left to the right eye. And you could also do this with an actual camera. But here's the cool and useful part. If you know the actual distance between two viewing points and the angular change in position of an object, you can calculate the distance to the object. Parallax isn't just a cool party trick, it can also be used to find real stuff. And the calculation isn't even that difficult. If you measure the angular displacement of the object and the horizontal shift, then the distance to the object would be distance equals shift over angle. Of course, the angle should be in units of radians in this case, but your phone can determine this value by comparing two views from the camera and using some object recognition algorithm. And what about the shift distance? Yes, your phone can do this too. Using sensors like the accelerometer, 
it can calculate the distance the phone moves from one vantage point to another. So there you have it. That is how the ARKIT works. Well, probably. And as long as I'm talking about parallax, I should include the most important and interesting example from astronomy, stellar parallax. An early model of the solar system, the geocentric model, held that the Earth was in the centre of the solar system. The other planets and the Sun revolved around it. And at first glance, this model seems to make sense. We can see that the planets do indeed move relative to the background stars. And it doesn't feel really like the Earth is moving, so why not put the Earth in the centre? But after collecting more data on the motions of the planets, scientists started leaning toward a heliocentric model of the solar system, with the planets instead orbiting around the Sun. But there was one big stumbling block to the adoption of this model, the lack of stellar parallax. Just imagine that you are on the Earth, well, because you probably are. In the month of December, you are on one side of the Sun. Six months later, you are on the other side. The view from these two locations are like a ginormous pair of eyes looking at the stars from different viewpoints. By knowing the size of the Earth's orbit and the angular shift of the stars, you can use parallax to determine the distance to the stars. This is called stellar parallax. However, there was a big problem. Early astronomers attempted to measure the angular shift of stars as the Earth went around the Sun, but they couldn't see any shift. Maybe there was no stellar parallax because the Earth wasn't moving around the Sun. Maybe the geocentric model was the better model. So what happened? Why couldn't they detect stellar parallax? Well, the answer lies in the distance to the stars. If the Earth orbits the Sun, and yes, it does, then we can work backwards and calculate the angular motion of the nearest star. Alpha Centauri is about four light years away, or about 250,000 times further than the Earth is from the Sun. Using the parallax formula above, this should give an angular shift of 1.6 times 10 to the negative 5 radians, or just 3.3 arc seconds. This tiny angle was just too small to detect with the instruments of the time, but it is there. Traditionally, the angular shift is reported as half of the total angle. That's just a note. But what if an object was at a distance such that it had a half angle shift of one arc second? This would have the distance of one parsec. Yes, a parsec is a unit of distance, not time. The par is for parallax, and the sec is for angle. Side note, yes, that means Han Solo was wrong. The Millennium Falcon couldn't have made the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. That's not even a time, even though it sounds cool. And really, if Star Wars had a science advisor, they should have recommended some other time unit. How about Megasec? Or even better, you could use Quantsec, which doesn't really mean anything, but it sounds cool. And don't worry, I still love Star Wars. This Kessel Run thing doesn't even bother me. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.